Hey, welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. What's going I'm Grant Cohn. We usually do this show on Tuesday, Thursdays. 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 Yeah. But we're doing it Friday today because the Niners position coaches talked yesterday. And I did my best right. to put that all on camera so you guys could watch. Coach has seen it. You guys have seen it. We're going to sort of react to Brian Greasy, Bobby Turner, Chris Kasarik. Uh, But first, we want to start um, with this quarterback competition that's kind of a sham a little yeah. bit. I mean, look, Coach, you can take it away. But the, the topic is why Kyle Shanahan should be, at least, tied to Trey Lance, even though he's acting like he's not. <clears throat> right. Um, I think that it's time. I've said this a couple of times, Ig, but I think – that it's time for us to elevate the conversation. And right now, what we're doing is we're being, uh, I feel like we're, there's a bait and switch going on with what we as fans want. And that's information. And a quarterback mm -hmm. competition keeps us at the edge of wanting information. But wanting information about a quarterback competition also diverts your focus. And right. What it does is it keeps you paying attention to the continuous drip, you know, yeah. to watch. It's almost like watching paint dry where you oh, can't. Trey started. Oh, Sam started. Trey yeah. started. Like, okay, doesn't matter. And, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's decision fatigue. It's, it's way too much information that we think we can handle. And in the, the age of content, um, none of us know when we're getting too much information, especially as fans, because we don't, we get so little of it. Um, I believe that, let me just break down what they're trying to say as a quarterback competition. A quarterback competition is when you have all parties involved prepared to compete at an equal level. We yep. do not have that. Okay. No. What we have is, is we <clears throat> have a rookie. We have a third year quarterback coming into his third year who we spent three first-round draft picks on, and we were explicitly told that this was not a Band-Aid. This was not an upgrade. The future. This was the future. This was a generational pick. Now, right. we have another stock part that we picked up as in a quarterback. Off the scraps. The off the scrap heap. All yeah. in the seventh yeah. round. Okay? Yeah. And he came through, and he saved us. All right? Yep. We showed how much faith that we had in this player by keeping our incumbent quarterback who was supposed to be gone. That's how much faith that we had in Brock before he actually saved our bacon. We got to yeah. give it to him. He saved right. our bacon. And yeah. now we have a retread. We have a retread young quarterback who has struggled with every team he has come in with. Yeah. And now he is learning the system on the fly. Okay. Right. That is yeah. the, that is the situation. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like, this quarterback competition yeah. is diverting us away from the real questions and the real conversation, which is, Kyle, Yeah, what have you done thus far with the quarterback who you spent three first-round picks on? Right. And where is he in comparison to starting today yeah. on week one versus when you got him hurt in week two? Okay? Right. It's time for <clears throat> the fans to realize that we are not at the service of the 49ers. We are in a partnership with the 49ers. They do not play if we do not watch. We fill the seats. We watch the games. We click on the ads. We buy the foam fingers. Right now, our organization got fronted by our partner, our head coach, and we're trying to reach a goal. Our partner told us, hey, 
we're coming up on this goal and we're not necessarily getting over the hump. Right. Let's instead of us trying to simply meet the goal, let's right. overshoot the goal and let's future proof our competition. This is mm -hmm. going to carry us for years to come. So he got with the owners in. He got with the owners and they spent assets ahead to get them in the position to get this part. Now, right. we ingested this equipment into our organization, okay? And this equipment did not have in-house subject matter experts to calibrate it correctly. Yeah. We need to admit that. We did yeah. not have in-house development. And along the way, we brute forced this equipment and we broke it yep. multiple times, okay? Yep. And now, now that we're coming into our third year, this equipment has come in with its own calibration. Now it can be utilized the right way. Yep. But along <laughs> the way, we had a stock part that we picked up along with the acquisition. And that stock part got us across the finish line. Right. Yeah. Two real quick, real quick. We had this conversation on the phone yesterday. You're, you're, you're essentially laying out like a, a racing analogy. And it's, yes. it's great. And you're, you're talking about a quarterback as like the key piece in a part. And you're talking about like these companies, Lamborghini, Ferrari, that, you know, are competing these F1 company, to, these are yeah. highly tuned machines that yes. all can drive 300 yeah. miles an hour. Okay. And so you're and trying we, to chase tenths of a second, tenths, tenths of, a, of second. a second. Yeah. Whole teams dedicate entire years and mm -hmm. off seasons to right. tenths of a second. And that's what that's the Niners what, are trying to do essentially to get over the hump. Like you've been second, placing, you've been third, you've been fourth. Yeah. That's what placing is all about. And yeah. We need to elevate the conversation and keep the focus on what is truly going to get us, not for one time to place, right. but this is supposed to catapult us to who we once were. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Only bad teams would cling to eight games. Yeah. That's what bad teams do. All yeah. right. I would expect desperate, bad, low, low standards. All of I that. would expect the commanders to catch yeah. flash in the pan and get an eight game win season. And then for them to bicker over who's going to do the quarterback situation. Right. That's right. for them. That's yep. for the Browns. That's yeah. for the Texans. The that's Eagles wouldn't not, do that. That's not for us. Do the Eagles won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and they were like, thanks Nick. But we, I mean, we, we but, see you but, for who you are. Thank you. But we have a thank standard. You. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thanks. And we're not going to get caught up in the moment. We're not going to be no. emotionally hijacked. And no. the problem. It was their first championship ever. And they were like, thanks, Nick. Great. Well, I mean, we'll build you, we'll build you a, a, a statue or something, but come on. Right. You're not our starting so quarterback. Let's, let's stick to the scenario. Yeah. We've got, we have a stock engine or a stock part that got us to the same level of success than we did the last time. But let's yep. be honest. We're scared shitless that we even made it. Okay. Yep. And along the way, that part broke. Yep. Okay. So yep. now we're back inside the garage yep. and we have two parts. We have the exceptional part that we spent all of this investment on that we yep. have to come. We have to admit that we broke, that yep. we had calibration issues with. But this yep. is the original plan. This yeah. is what we spent the money yeah, on. It's, it's, it, there was nothing wrong with the part. It was, it was something wrong with us. We just weren't. We didn't have the tools to use the part. Like, we didn't know how to use the part. It was beyond us. Beyond us. It was right? beyond us. Yeah. So much so that there was somebody who actually helped that is beyond us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Jeff yeah. Christensen. So yeah. we got to own yeah. that. All right. We had to outsource. We had to outsource. It's Jeff fixes. Okay. Come on. Sure. So now we're in a position where we're about to start our season again. Yeah. And what do we? And we have one half of the garage saying, 
Well, dude, we already embarrassed ourselves flatly by putting this part out there because everybody knows we're using this new part. So yeah. the expectations on us to win are through the roof. Through now. The we roof. have no excuse. But yeah. but we do get to show off the ingenuity mm. and the resourcefulness of our garage if we get back on the court, if we get back on the track with our stock part. Because yeah, everybody that we got knows from Amazon. We're playing with one hand behind our back, all right? Right. But it's so the impressive. man in the room yeah. says, now listen, the one thing you're missing is that although we don't know the duration of, of, of our expensive <clears throat> part, our expensive equipment, we do know that this stock engine broke in half of a season. Yep. Okay? So yep. are we going to go back? and try yeah. to do an entire season and double down on what we just did. And we know that this stock part failed on it broke. So yeah, it's repaired. It's a repaired stock part. You know what I'm saying? It, it, we had to, it had surgery. It could right. break again quicker. And then we got everybody over here talking about how great gas mileage it gets and how much, yep. how, how more efficient it was. How efficient, how cheap it is. How you yeah, can spend on other parts because you're not spending on this part. We can get new spoilers. We can get yeah. our brand new tires. We can get spinners. They yeah. The car stops and the wheels keep spinning. Yeah. That's amazing. That's what we need. We can yeah. overpay on our headlights. That barely We can get a goldfish in the middle of the console. Come on. Oh, we, we can, can take it to exhibit. We can get the brand new tinted windows that, yeah, that exactly. ask for a trade in the middle of the off season and come That's back true, and, yep. and, and, and show up out of shape. We can, we can we can overpay for all of this stuff, or we can have this awesome chassis that's yeah. once in a lifetime that yeah. we know has been playing for almost 15 years and is going to retire at any minute. Yeah. So we need to understand that Super Bowl teams that are good yeah. don't have quarterback competitions at the beginning of the season. No. It no. does not work that way. No. Okay? So let me tell you what. Kyle Shanahan is signing up for by yeah. attaching yeah. himself to a franchise quarterback. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tom Landry and Roger Staubach, 11 years. Mm -hmm. Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, 10 years. Don Shula and Don Marino, 11 years. Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning, seven years. Mike mm -hmm. Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger, 11 years. Okay. Out of Tom, out of Tom Landry and Roger Staubach, two Super Bowls. Don, Bill and Joe, the four Super Bowls. Don Shula and Marina, none. Tony Dungy and Peyton, one. Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger, one. One. What we are signing up for is a journey to yeah. get one to two Super Bowls and maybe get some appearances. But yeah. we're sitting here thinking that we got the best Super Bowl roster because we've got this beautiful window. That yeah. ain't it. Yeah. That ain't it. Okay? Yeah. So, Let's go on the Brock Purdy side of things, okay? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it their way, Grant. All right. So, with Brock Purdy, he would be a second-year starting quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. Out of this, out of the history of the NFL, right? Yeah. We're in the NFL, correct? Uh -huh. Out of the history of the NFL, there are six quarterbacks to go to the Super Bowl in their second year. Okay. Okay. Dan Marino, Kurt Warner, Tom Brady. Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, and Ben Roethlisberger. Out of those six, three made it to the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, and one. Yeah. I mean, three, three won the one. Super Bowl. Okay? Wilson, and Roethlisberger, one. and Brady. Russell, Roethlisberger, and Brady. Okay, yeah. All of the quarterbacks that I named started Week One. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. They started week one, except yeah. Colin Kaepernick. So let's stay there for a second. In 2012, Colin Kaepernick went to the Super Bowl as a second year quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, correct? Mm -hmm. We played Baltimore in that game. Yeah. Can't forget, right? Yep. In that season, okay, let me tell you how a how a head coach lynches himself to lynches his legacy to his quarterback. This is how you this is how you double down. This is how you buy in on a quarterback, okay? And you don't mm -hmm. start a fake quarterback competition so you can so you can have distance. The Sanford, one would think that Colin Kaepernick started, Colin Kaepernick ended up starting in week, I believe that was week eight after their bye, okay? Mm -hmm. After Colin Kaepernick started, one would say, if you would think about it, man, the Niners must have been struggling. No, they were six and two. The mm -hmm. Niners were That's six true. and two. Let me tell you what had to be going through, what had to be going through Jim Harbaugh's mind as a coach who really wants to win. Week one, we saw Green Bay. We won that game, all right? We won 30 to 23, okay? But who did we see in that game? We saw A-Rod in that game. Mm -hmm. A-Rod threw for 303 yards. Alex Smith threw for 211 yards, okay? Mm -hmm. Week two, we saw Detroit in that game. We saw Matt Stafford. Stafford. We yeah. won 27-19. Matt Stafford threw for 320 yards. Alex Smith threw for 226 yards in a win, yep. okay? Week three, week four, no, week three. We lost to Minnesota. That's right, Christian Ponder. And we lost to Christian Ponder, okay? Right. Yeah. And Alex Smith threw for 226 yards, and Christian Ponder threw for 320 yards. You see That's what right. happens when you go for the for the median? You see yeah. what happens? All right, yeah. let's keep going. Maybe that, maybe that was an anomaly. Week four, yeah. we see the Jets. We beat their ass 34-0, okay? Oh, yeah. We see Mark Sanchez. And even in Mark Sanchez, even in Mark Sanchez's game, I'm sorry, the Christian Ponder game was, I'm sorry, the Christian Ponder game was 204 to 198. Alex Smith threw for 204 yards. Christian Ponder threw for only 198, and we lost that game, okay? The defense mm -hmm. did their job. We lost mm -hmm. that game, okay? Mm -hmm. Week four, we see Mark Sanchez. We win that game. Alex Smith throws for 143. Mark Sanchez barely gets a buck, 103. Week five, we see the Bills. We see Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, this is Alex Smith's best game. He throws for 303 yeah. yards. We win 45-3. All right? Mm -hmm. The Giants, we lost. That was that was the one. That, and that was alarming because Alex Smith had flopped against the Giants in the NFC Championship game just a few months before then. Give and me context, Iggy. Yeah, so, like, they lost again. And, and that team faded. But at that point, they didn't. The Niners didn't know that the Giants were going to fade, and I think they thought, "Man, we're going to see them again in the playoffs." And Alex Smith can't beat them. He can't mm. beat him. Can't. Beat so that was he can't beat him. And so that's where they were at. Eli Manning yeah. throwing 193 yards. Okay. Right. That's All right? right. Yeah. So this is a this is what we're talking about. Tenths of a second. Okay. Yeah. This is tenths of a second thinking. They were right? a, a few weeks later. I think they they put up like 12 or 13 points against Seattle in a win. That, yes. was, that was that was that was that was the end of the that was close to the end for Alex and, right there. Yes, and thirteen yeah. six we beat Seattle. Thirteen six, yeah, yeah. We we, we beat Seattle. Russell At Wilson home. only put up one twenty two. Alex Smith put up one forty. Where and that was like he, that was Russell Wilson's like seventh start or something. He 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 really start. improved. He was a yeah, big, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Then this is the one. This is the one. We win twenty four three against Arizona, right? 
Right. Alex and I think Smith Alex Smith for, was like 18, 17 of 18 or something like was that. It was 18 crazy. 18 for 19. 18 for 19. Yeah. Right. He was the player of the he, week. Was he not the NFC player of the yes, week? I think he was. Yeah. 232 yards, three touchdowns, zero. Randy picks. Moss down the left. I remember. Yeah. One of his yep. best games. Yeah. He, he was locked in. Yeah. However, John Skelton was 32 for 52 for 290. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And we won that game. Now, this is what tenths of a second thinking is in the we had a bye week and coach harbaugh could have sat back and said we're six and two got a good defense fans are happy everything's good we got caught we got we got colin here but i really don't know what this kid is going to do in the raw and if he fails i gotta own it right yeah what does he do he starts colin well, what happens is Alex Smith got hurt. Alex yeah. Smith started against the Rams. He got concussed. Colin comes in and plays all right. And Jim Harbaugh used the opportunity to start Colin. You, thank you. you I'm yeah. sorry. Use the opportunity. That's what happened. And then it was yeah. in a tie game, 24-24. It was a tie Colin, game. Yeah, Colin went for like 11 for 17 for like 120 cool. or something. He was cool. A lot he of people cool. thought Alex Smith was coming back the next week. And I think Harbaugh, like... I think even Alex Smith thought he was coming back the next week. And Har Harbaugh was like, no, you're no. not ready. At the last minute, and he started Colin, and everyone thought he was going to come out with a real conservative game plan against the Bears, run, run, run. It was 20-yard throw, 20-yard throw, 20-yard throw. And uh, Harbaugh made his point, and Ka Kaepernick made his point right there. Like, the offense is different now. Yeah. It's different and now. I feel like out of all of the things, out of th I feel like out of all of the things that disturbs me about what the organization is trying to tell us is that they're trying to get us to believe something that has rarely been done. Yep. It has rarely succeeded. Yep. And what's hilarious is, is that God don't like ugly. So we found the 2012 season of where the coach who was here doubled down on his guy and played right. him. Yep. So the only anomalies that we really should be paying attention to is 2012, where we did yep. the right thing. Yeah. And we and we had tenth of a second thinking. So I'm go. And, and to your point, like you don't get to you don't get to mortgage the future for a player, and then get him injured, and then pivot away from him because you found like the younger, cheaper version of the guy you were pivoting away from originally. Like you just got then, Jimmy Garoppolo Jr. And then, yeah, then try to sell it as if you can't they do that. All got an equal opportunity to succeed. Yeah, we're right. all gonna see. Well, this is the thing. I I asked the question yesterday on the show. Let's do it. Let's do it the Brock way. Let's do it John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's way. Let's do it their way. Brock starts week one. How long is his leash before he if he starts to struggle? Right. Okay. Right. How right. long is that leash? All right. Because however long that leash is, is how much faith they had in those eight games that he played. Right. All right. And another thing, the players don't know what's going on with quarterback okay they don't know all right they're not in on it they have a feel the real person right. and that's another thing we're waiting on what the, the players don't know kyle should know right the coaching mm -hmm. staff should know also also like if they have this quarterback competition and then just throw uh brock purdy out there week one you're really saying to both trey and sam like you guys both lost like we would rather play brock purdy with very little preparation than either one of you. So okay, that's fine. And you and, and you go all in with Brock. 
what if he hasn't shown he can play a full season? What if he gets hurt again and he misses yeah, time? And, and now you got to go back to one of those quarterbacks that you basically said you don't trust. And, and, I mean, and they're going to have less confidence than they had now. And I agree, Grant. And what's crazy about this is that those, if we're going low hanging fruit, right? If we're having the discussion they want us to have, it's tribal. It's Sam versus Trey versus Ian Rappaport said this versus this yeah, guy said that. Pick your side. It's a soup of mess. Yeah. All right. It's 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 not a high level argument. It's not a no. good conversation. But no. for those of people who are on the Brock side, how much do you care about the kid? Do you want him to play week one and get yeah. hurt again? Right. Yeah. Because ultimately, we all want the same thing. The la I haven't heard anybody talk about Brock Purdy in a one year capacity. The people yeah. that like Brock Purdy want him to be here for the long haul. Right. Okay. And right. all I'm saying is, is that even if that is the side of the coin that you fall on, you don't want him out there week one. Yeah. And what they're doing is disingenuous. Well, that's why I don't think he's going to be out there week one. I feel like they're not really telling us the truth. Um, I mean, Brian Greasy even said yesterday, like, there's no reason to rush this, which I think yeah. that's how they feel. Like, they can project confidence and say, oh, he's ahead of schedule. He's doing great. But at the same time, there's no reason to rush it. So what I want to do now is talk about the different position coaches, starting with Brian Greasy. His okay. interview yesterday was really interesting. So all the position Man. coaches come into that big auditorium and most of them sit down in a seat and you kind of just, or, you know, Chris Kacerik stood up on the side. Brian Greasy positioned himself in the back and, you know, a lot of people went to talk to him and he sort of like kind of cornered himself and he was like mm -hmm. talking behind his shoulder. It was very strange body language. And he, I mean... He was trying to sort of not answer questions because he has explosive. I mean, they're explosive questions. He's, he's answering yeah, questions are. about the quarterback competition. There's implications and, with every question he's asked. Yeah, so he's trying to like avoid minds in the minefield, and I don't, I don't know how well he did. I mean, what did you think of his answers about Brock and what he said about Trey and what he said about Darnold? I mean, it seemed like he had very different tones, um, body language, all of it with which with each one. Yeah, I think for. For Sam, he identifies with Sam's struggle because he struggled as well. I feel like with Brock, he identifies with Brock's skill set because he feels as though that Brock has more to offer athletically than he offers. He was that mm -hmm. type of quarterback. And I think he doesn't I, – I feel like he – with Trey, um, Trey represents um, his lack of knowledge in, yeah. in, um, as a quarterback's coach. I think that sometimes as a coach, you are come up with players that expose your knowledge. They make you go back and learn more. They make you say, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Um, yeah. Or you can point the finger, you can fold your arms and lean in the corner and answer questions. So yeah. um, there's a couple of things that um, I've noticed with his um, – his comments about Brock is that with Brock, he's very much geared up for Brock to be ready and carry on the work that he's already put out there. Um, yeah. And as a quarterback, as a first year quarterback coach, why not? That work, that's on wax. I want to, I want to, I want to lynch myself to that train. You know, I got right. eight years of good quarterback play. I mean, I've got eight games of good quarterback play in my, in and he, he gets the credit for like help picking him and, and developing him. Like he can stand there with his chest puffed out and be like, look what I did with Brock. Right. And that's all and good. Yeah. To his credit, 
to his credit, a lot of coaching is consulting. Um, yeah. You do have to you do have to ingratiate yourself with the player on a personal level because they have to go out there and carry out the things that you're asking okay. them to do, and that takes trust. I feel yeah. like he, if you if you're talking about a coach, um, you're as a rookie coach, <clears throat> you're going to identify with who identifies with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's very easy for Brian to identify himself with Brock. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But both of um, their names start with BR. I mean, it's very, you know, <laughs> right. It's very close. So, um, so yeah, I, I see that not only does he believe in Brock as a product, but he yeah. believes in Brock emotionally. He really they have the same name, Brock Purdy, Brian Greasy. It's the same name. Yeah. Um, with yeah. Sam. I feel like with Sam, he just identifies with Sam's struggle, with, with sure. what Sam has done. Um, you can almost see it in his eyes. Like, he damn near cried talking about how wrong Sam has been done and what he's been going through and how yeah. he's fine. I mean, and th that just speaks to the arrogance of the organization. We feel like we can fix anybody that comes inside of the building. And Sam yeah. is just another guy. And yeah. Sam being good, um, Sam being good is a little bit more than... Uh, I feel like Sam being good is a little bit more than a reclamation project. Sam being good is almost what they secretly want to do and what they, because they're waiting if and when Brock can't make it. Sam is yeah. what they really want to pour into. And with Trey, yeah, I thought he was dismissive. Uh, Me too. I thought, I thought that there was a, there were a couple of comments and, and anybody can go back and watch this interview. Um, yeah. But I feel like there were a couple of comments and questions and the way he answered those questions that um, were quite revealing. Um, so one of the questions was you had discussions with Trey about his, you had this, uh, hold on. One of the questions was mechanically, he's been working on that with Jeff, much of a challenge. Um, hold on. He was just asked about the the mechanical stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he, he said actually, that, that they had discussions with. I, I want to get yeah. it right, though. You see what I'm yeah. saying? I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. Be right. I want to get it right. Sure. You see what I'm uh -huh. saying? So he was asked about um he, the he Jeff was asked about Trey's um Jeff Christensen his mechanics and yeah. he basically touched on. Um, Trey basically saying, well, you only address it uh, when well, you only address it when you have accuracy or soreness issues and quarterbacks throw how they throw. Um, yeah. For me, uh, Trey's mechanics and being and developing him was 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 task number one on getting yeah. him on the field. So yeah. quarterbacks throwing how they throw is not something that you want to hear from a first year or a second year quarterback but he also said like we've had discussions with him about his mechanics since he got here and he also says quarterbacks throw how they throw like which one is it yeah yeah which one is so, it and how come he had to go to jeff christensen to work this out if you've yeah. been having discussions with him about his mechanics since he got here yeah um he also came in behind and and kind of gave like you know he kind of gave him a doggy biscuit and he said but he's put in the work i'll give him credit um as almost as if like i the from what I saw versus where he is now, he has put in the work. I mean, and that's just yet another coach who is talking about Trey's development, but they seem like they're late to the party. Every last one of them. Nobody is be, nobody's talking in a proactive disposition when they're talking about Trey's mechanics. Every coach 
inside of the 49ers has talked in a reactive disposition when they're talking about trace mechanics, as if cause and effect, as if something happened and now we see it, which means yeah. that you weren't in on it from the beginning. Yeah. You were yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. He kept working. I mean, I, he, he, I ran out of ideas, but he, he, he found this Jeff Christensen guy. He started working with him. I was surprised. Like I, I basically gave up on him, but hey, he's back and we'll see what happens. Like it, th there's very little ownership. And that's the problem. I, I think that's, that's what I think is so uh, unfair for Trey is I don't really feel like the quarterback coach is in his corner at all. Um, he was no. drafted before the quarterback coach got here. And Darnold and, and Purdy, like Brian Greasy had a hand in both of them being acquired by the Niners, right. but not Trey. So th there was also another point where he touched on uh, the mechanics, and, he, and I feel like he deflected. And how he deflected from the mechanics, because obviously we don't, we don't want to talk about work that we can't take credit for. Um, I think the mechanics are overblown because of the injury that he had with his finger. He said he's gotten to the point where he's healthy. A lot of mechanics, a lot of the mechanics stuff is overblown because he had a broken finger. If I had a ball, I'd show you guys how hard it is to hold a ball without your index finger touching the ball. So pause right there. Let's get something straight. Trey, Trey Lance's broken index finger couldn't even touch the ball. Right. But here we are looking at every throw. All right, going through yeah. all of the mechanics. Okay, yeah. he also touched. He also touched on a little bit of thing, a, a little bit more. He goes, "That's incredibly difficult, and incredible. It's incredibly difficult, and incredibly difficult to all, and almost impossible to throw a spiral that way." That yeah. that goes out to all of my Tratos Duck fans out there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The wobbly spiral goes. He goes, "I'm happy that he's healthy and that he can actually pronate the ball." Okay. Yeah. Pronate the ball means that. You need to literally turn or hold the ball downward. Yeah. He can't, he literally could not hold the ball downward. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. And, and throw the ball the way it's meant to be thrown and that he can actually give him yeah, actually give himself a chance to compete. Yeah. What chance have you given him yeah. to compete? Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. What chance you. have you given him to compete? Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. We're in a partnership, faithful. We pay our money. We give our attention. We give them our eyes. Yeah. We gave up three first round picks. You better tell us what happened to our damn quarterback. Yeah. Thank you. And what's funny is I asked I asked him a question about Brock, and he Brian Grease doesn't like me at all. He gives me these really quick uh, snarky answers, and I said, um, "Does Brock is Brock better at taking feedback?" than other young quarterbacks. Is that is that something that makes him special? And he goes, um, I don't know. He's the first young quarterback I've ever coached and leaves it yes. at that. that. Like, no, that was, no, was, Trey Lance is the first young quarterback starts, he ever the coached. cherry on top. When yeah. asked about Brock and how he takes feedback, Brian Greasy goes, sheepishly, I yeah. don't know. This is the first young quarterback I've ever coached. No, Brian, Trey Lance is the first young quarterback you've ever coached. Mm -hmm. The truth is And you were hired to coach side. you were hired to coach Trey. That's why you were brought into the organization. Not to coach Brock, not to bring in Sam. It was Trey. The whole organization yeah. was all in with him last year. I mean, if you just listen to them, they're letting yeah. you know that this kid is radioactive and he's great, but he can get us fired. Yeah. This kid can get us fired. 
All because right. we don't know what to do with him. We don't know what to do with him, and, and we raise the expectations. We're not going to play him right away because we want to develop him the right way. We want to have Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Good job. Mm -hmm. All right. And as far as fans are concerned, the coaching staff works there. We live yeah. here. Yeah. Okay? They yeah. work there. We live here. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you're going to be so rooting for this team a lot longer than they're going to be working for it. Buyouts and roll out. Yeah, you're going to be rooting for this team a lot longer than they're going to be working for it. I'm going to be covering this team a lot longer than they're going to be rooting for, uh, working for it. Keep that in mind. So, you're, yeah, you're Brian dishonest, Greasy. Man. I, I don't like it. It's like this is not a quarterback competition. And to call it anything but that is disingenuous, man. What this is is you guys are putting a silk hat on a pig. You guys are slapping together all these quarterbacks and making yep. them compete. And because the team is very competitive, it's transferring into the quarterback room. But, no. The quarterback room is not on the same level as the rest of this team. The quarterback room needs to be developed. Also, what they're saying is we don't have to develop Trey Lance anymore because we stumbled upon an elite quarterback. No, you didn't. No, you, no, didn't. you didn't. No, you didn't. No, Brock's a great story. He, he, he deserves to be here. He looks like a starting quarterback, but he, you did not stumble upon an elite quarterback, okay? You stumbled upon a younger, cheaper, maybe more mobile version of Jimmy Garoppolo. That was not, that was not what you were looking for. And, and if you really want to think about it, for all of the people that want to say that Trey got the number one job, Trey got his 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 audition in in last year as the week one starter. Did he? Jimmy yeah. was on the roster week one. Yeah. Did did he really get his audition? Was he really the guy? Yeah. What's true? Did did Trey Lance get the Spencer Burford treatment like right. Coach Forrester and get his arm wrapped around him and told him? You don't have anything to worry about. There's nobody. No one looking over that. your shoulder. No one looking You're over your shoulder. The wheels fall off, kid. Yeah. Yep. That's the type of that's the type of dedication we're putting into you. All right. Yep. Did did Trey Lance get put on a team that's that would that had an all-world defense while they're six and two, had their starter benched, and then had a no. coach say, you know what? This kid's from Nevada. I don't care what you say. Yeah. I'm the man, I'm the voice in the room. Yeah. I'm not yep. gonna hide. I said yeah. that I'm gonna make him work. He's gonna work. Yep. Not some quarterback competition. This isn't yeah. real. Yeah, thank you. Mui says, no slight on Purdy, but you know Niners fan base is desperate when they give a standing ovation to a guy who played eight games. Years and chips equals ovations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Eight games? What are these? Exactly. Like, are, are, Is this the commanders? Raise the conversation, man. That's not who yeah. we are. Yeah. I mean, this is the organization with the best quarterbacks ever, and now we're like, we. They are looking for... Uh, yeah, eight-game saviors. David Montez says, would you guys happen to know if Jimmy G fails another physical with the Niners? Lose that comp pick. Thanks, Grant, for your content and Coach for your knowledge. I don't know. It's a great question. It seems to me if he never actually I think we get it is on that list. I think do we you? get it regardless. Yeah, okay. I think so. Man, that's good news. Mo says, how much stock do you put in players hanging together outside of facility? Drake and Kalia at Ubisoft, Tabor and Moody, Trey and JJ at Armstead Project. Also better... Uh, go to tight end you chemistry plus plus plus. Yeah, I, I mean, than, yeah, I, I think I, I think that we need to burn the boats with Trey, man. And you know what? I feel like we're as a fan base, we're getting caught in a snapshot, a point in time, and we're coveting a team that is already deteriorating. That's what pro sports is. They're not going to yeah. be here forever, and That's we right. need to see what they're going to do in the moment. Okay, Jimmy, Jimmy Ward already lost a uh, left. I mean, more guys are going to be going soon. And there's a precedent for this for those people who say that this has never been happening. Tony Dungy, yeah, let's Tony Dungy that. had a team, all right, yeah. that he was very good with, great record, got, went to the playoffs four out of six years, and he got shown the door. Yeah, he did. 
And what's crazy is, I mean, I feel I feel like there are some serious parallels between Kyle Shanahan and John Gruden. John Gruden. Really? I mean, Kyle Shanahan built this team. Gruden didn't build uh, the Bucks, but essentially it was a defensive team that he took over. The defense was better than the offense. He was kind of a negative, prickly guy. Um, very, it didn't work yeah, long very term. Very eccentric. Did a lot of yeah. weird things on offense, but could lean yeah. on the defense to bail you yeah. out. All yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would have to say so. Uh, Mo, thank you. Let's talk about Bobby Turner. We don't get to talk about him, to him very much. Uh, enough, you, man. yeah, I, I, I was asking him about maybe the different running backs on the team and his, you know, history running outside zone. Been running it since the '80s. What did you think of his answers? I'm calling Coach Turner Bobby Bobby Winners. He's the Tex Winners of this offensive off the of this offensive outside inside zone scheme. I thought that first of all, it felt good to see a coach that doesn't get a lot of fanfare to almost be a little bit of bashful at the attention. Um I really liked how he responded to the questions because he got a chance to answer questions and give insight um for the type of guy and a guy like that he would only give that type of insight if he was asked. He's not a he, he doesn't give off right. a boastful type of vibe. And it felt it almost felt good. Like I felt like we were given a history lesson. Yeah. Um, and it's really good to go back and understand um, he's the straw that make, that makes that stirs the drink, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I really like the fact that the colonel some of the kernel contributors to this scheme have nothing to do with X's and O's, right? And that's one of our biggest problems. Jimmy's and Joe's over X's and O's, man, okay? It's yeah. about who you put on the field, not what's being dialed up. Because when you start going after tenths of a second, it's mm -hmm. about the driver, man. It mm -hmm. ain't about mm -hmm. what type yeah. of, who's calling the game. It ain't about, yeah. that's not football. Right. That's not football. And one yeah. of the things that's emblematic to that to that discussion is how Bobby Turner specifically pointed out what he does not like. And he yeah. doesn't like how the inside and outside zone running scheme gets the moniker of yeah. rinse and repeat. Any running back can be fit into this scheme. And I feel yeah. like a lot of that is because we look at where the running backs come from. A lot of them are yeah. undrafted, unheralded yeah. guys, and they come in with great success. But I feel like specifically one of the reasons why he said that he doesn't like that is because there are there is a feel, there is a marriage to how the running back runs with the ball to a service. He's not trying to gain yards. He's trying to make everybody else right. It's an 11 yeah. on 11 pursuit. And he yeah. also talked about how there's a certain type of feel that goes above. He took a little jab at analytics that goes yeah. above analytics. It yeah. is. It is an eye. Um, it's yeah. an experience. It is reps. Um, um, to his words, it's a marriage um, yeah. that um, you have to understand about. Um, almost to the point where, if you noticed, he poured water on Kalen LeBorn. He, uh, when he asked about Kalen LeBorn, he said, yeah. "Oh, he's a rookie. We don't want to. We don't really want to talk about." I'm it. not going to pump his head up. Like he's yeah, done nothing. He's an OTA. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, Coach Turner is one of those guys where. If you're in a party and you find somebody sitting in the corner by themselves, he's that guy. 
Um, yep. And he's going to give you a wealth of knowledge and way yep. more than what you bargained for. Um, I yeah. think that in a lot of organizations, sometimes we can look at a scheme or we can look at a head coach, but a lot of times there are men who are just beating along the way who don't want the recognition and are very yeah. married to the work. He's one of those guys. One of the things I think is so interesting about the Niners and kind of explains who they are as a team is look who their running back coach is, look who their quarterback coach is. They're yeah. opposites. Like Bobby Turner is a career teacher coach. He's been, he didn't just decide at 50 something years old, hey, you know, I might want to give that a shot. It's no. him. It's in him. He's been doing this for a very, very long time. So not only, I mean, he's developed a lot of running backs. I mean, yeah. Hall of Famers, and he can do it again. And he's not just a quarter, a running back scout and coach. He's also like, he's the architect of this outside zone stuff. He's been doing it longer than the Shanahan's. They've never done it without him. Never. He's that important. And yeah. then you got Brian Greasy over here who's dabbling in coaching. Used to play. His dad was Bob Greasy, so he has the pedigree, but like it's a whole different thing. He's never developed a quarterback yeah. in his life, and neither did Scangarello, neither did Shane Day. Like Kyle just doesn't have the Bobby Turner of quarterbacks. He's got he's got a great O-line coach, D-line coach, the best running back coach I've ever seen. But man, he is still searching for that quarterback coach. Yeah, Too I bad. mean, I feel like the passing game is something that kind of escapes the Shanahan uh enclave if you will um, yep. um mike yep. really didn't develop anybody on his own and everybody that he developed eventually fizzled out we um yep. uh if you look at uh the success that they have had it's been with mature older quarterbacks who are already developed and yeah. one could even same say with gruden that, same with gruden yes. same with gruden gruden and, was gannon and brad johnson sorry yes and if you yeah. look at just the arc of where passing was then versus how common passing is now, yeah. one could even say, how much development is Brock Purdy really getting? Yeah, Is Brock Purdy already a finished product? Right? Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, what, what, can, what has this team done, this coaching staff done with quarterbacks that can help Brock Purdy from what we've seen in eight games? I mean, they've already said they can't do anything with mechanics. They talk about it, but they outsource the entire endeavor of, so, I mean, they they can what they can do is they can give you Christian McCaffrey, they can give yeah. you George Kittle, they can give yeah. you the best defense, we and they can give you some Red good Warner. plays. We can find, but Trey they're not going to actually improve your skill set. Yeah, so they're not going to refine that, it. I, and I feel like if and now and again, tenths of a second, we're not talking about the entire yeah. race. All right. Yeah. yeah. What what have they done in the quarterback room? I mean, if you really think about it, how did Jimmy get better since he was here? He didn't. He got better with, with when the team got better around him. He yeah. brought Emmanuel Sanders in when they brought Christian McCaffrey, and that that's what helped Debo. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy's best stretch of playing was, was his first, on arguably our best roster, which was this past year. Well, yeah, and he also. I mean, he he started off five and zero. Oh. I mean, he didn't know the offense. I, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, my my thing is is that I just I, I feel like we need to kind of wipe the lens and question everything because we're in business with these guys. They're not there. All right. That's what it is. All right. And yeah. our business partner spent an exorbitant amount of assets on, on a piece of equipment. And he's trying to tell us 
that we can move on to something that's less cheaper and that's that's very that's much more that gives us just as much as performance. But he doesn't want to have the meeting about all of the money that he spent on the other asset. And that's malfeasance. We need to talk about that. All right. Yeah. We need to have yeah. a conversation. All also, right. and again, now, I, I, yeah. If you're watching, go back and watch the Bobby Turner interview. Go back and watch the Brian Greasy interview and compare them as coaches, how they talk, how they could could one person lead in a lecture for an hour about their subject and could one person not? I mean, the way Brian Greasy avoids questions and uh, he looked like he says was talking stuff about his golf swing. Yeah, I mean, like, what are you doing? Also, Brian Greasy likes to talk about himself, you know, like the, and everyone knows it. So the first four or five questions are always about like, hey, so what'd you think of your first year coaching? And it's like, dude, you're here. It's not a, you're in service of these players. Why are we talking about you? Why are you talking about yourself? It's not about you anymore, man. You used to be a player. You used to be an announcer. Now you're in service of Trey Lance and you're over here being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I, I, like Bobby Turner has a clear freaking vision of, of what he has and what he needs to do. And you got yes. Brian Greasy figuring out as he goes along. And then you also have two of Gary Kubiak's kids. Nothing against nepotism. I mean, look at me. But, like, is that really good enough? You don't have Gary Kubiak. You don't. Yeah. You don't. And even Gary Kubiak didn't develop anyone. I mean, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Even he's he didn't. A, I mean, Gary Kubiak is a talented guy, but yeah. he's a part of the enclave. He was a career yep. backup, got elevated yep. through the system, showed professionalism, yep. got a gig, lost yep. it, came back to Denver, retired. The end. That had yeah, and then he got a head coaching gig in, in in Houston, and him and Kyle Shanahan propped up Matt Schaub for a few years. Great. Did they win a Super Bowl? No. He won One a Super Bowl. Season. He won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, if I, if I remember correctly. Kubiak. Ooh. Yeah. Kubiak with Peyton Manning. And that's the thing. If you give Kyle Peyton Manning in his prime, Hold on, was that I'm sure Kyle. Or Kubiak? Was Kubiak not the offensive coordinator? Let me see. 2015 he was. He Broncos. Was. I think so, yeah. He was, right? I, if you give Mike or Kyle or Kubiak a Hall of Fame quarterback, um, even if they're a little bit past their prime, it'll work. But you give them a young quarterback, I don't think it works. I don't. They don't. They can't develop them. They've never no. done it. No, They've they need a guy. It. Honestly speaking, if you go over the track record, and this is just the facts, the only sustained success or real success that is going to happen in this offense is you need a guy who comes ready made. And he needs to be in his 30s, and he needs to already have success and temperament under his belt. That's right. What you, you just need. don't have the quarterback coach or the head coach, maybe, to pull off the young quarterback, at least not so far. With with Bobby Turner, you don't – now, he did gush about Christian McCaffrey. He was like, I wish Johnny I had this will. guy. I, I have a feeling that the trade for Christian McCaffrey – I have a feeling he was pushing for it, which I is interesting. That, I think that was an apology for what they did while he was gone. Yep. Hey, sorry, we drafted Ty Davis Price in round three without your uh, consult. I don't know what we were thinking, but what do you need? Oh, you need a trade for Christian? Okay, we'll do it. He was yeah, right. I, I, uh, it's, it's. I feel like you know, just the, as fans and supporters, like they gaslit us. They threw it right back on us. It's like you know what? If we say two words, quarterback competition. Yeah. That will throw everything off. Then yeah. everybody will be upset. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about the third round, the third pick yeah, overall? Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. What happened today? It's a distraction. It's a distraction. Like, so all of a sudden, Trey and Sam Darnold are totally even. In your, and it doesn't matter that you mortgage the future for one and you got None one off the scrap heap. 
Now you're just going to go meritocracy, right? Hold on, hold on. And, and let, let's go another, because let's do another for the naysayers. We took, we the reason why Jimmy got, why, the reason why we wanted to go for Trey and get rid of Jimmy is for the cap, because we needed to keep all these players. And mm. if we were going to get, we were going to, that's why we went up to get Trey. Since when do you spend three first round picks for to save cap space? If yeah. that's what you were going to do, you could have stood pat and got Mac Jones at 12. Correct. Correct. That's not what that trade was about. The trade was not about saving yeah. money. It was about changing so the skill do set. Don't we do that. We ain't going to do that. No. Sean says, I just want to say coach is very intuitive and perceptive as it pertains to player, people, and coach psychology. If you have kids, they are blessed. Not yet. Not yet. Matthew Sanders says, Ted Lasso spinoff idea. Kyle fails in SF and goes to coach soccer in Leeds. Hijinks ensue, except everyone hates Kyle and his demotivational style. Demotivational. Yeah, man. Where's the la- Let me say that about that. In, in our worst moments during games, in our frustrating moments, picks, turnovers, when have we ever seen Kyle wrap his arm around somebody on the sideline? Never. Never. It's a good point. Barry Baller 18. Grow, man. I agree. Rich, Harbaugh used to do day. it. Yeah. Barry Baller 18 says, What have you seen from the rookie tight ends? Uh, Braden Willis is a natural receiver. He gets open, has good uh, hand eye coordination. Latu, not that kind of player. He's huge. They're going to be using him a lot as a blocker on run plays. And I can't wait to see what it looks like with him and Kittle next to each other. I think you're going to see a lot of that. Him and Kittle next to each other on the outside zone. Um, and maybe that's why they're not worried as much about right tackle because he won't really be at the point of attack. It's more going to be Latu and Kittle. I'm curious to see what that looks like. You know how I feel about Cameron. Elias Soto says Lance blew his chance. Purdy didn't. Wow. There was okay. no chances. He broke his la- he broke his ankle. He yeah. says we're in the era of uh, SS quarterbacks. BP fanatics have no excuse for delusions of grandeur. Does he look like Peyton Manning, uh, Joe, Joe Burrow? Burrow. Uh, man, you got to stop with the Josh Allen. Because keep in mind, that's the money he'll get if he stays and the roster goes. Yeah. Right. So if you're really telling me he's elite, so you're saying he's going to be worth that kind of money someday? All right. Let's go defense. Chris Kasarik held court for like a half an hour. Yes. Spoke about Drake Jackson's for almost eight minutes. And everything he said was a compliment. But... The way I took it was the implication is that whatever he was doing last year was not good enough. That wasn't it. And for them to say, he, they're basically saying he's a lot stronger and more professional this year. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that he's necessarily strong or professional yet compared to starters in the NFL. Mm-hmm. How did you take what Chris Kasarik said about Drake? Um, I think it was sobering. Um, yeah. I feel like... Uh, he is the type of person where he doesn't tell you the truth for plausible deniability, where he, he's not the type of guy where you can say, well, I told you the truth. Mm-hmm. He's more of the coach where he plainly states what he means, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to repeat myself. Um, mm-hmm. Part of that, I love how he talked to Drake plainly about where he stood in his development and his progression and what he expected of him. And he said, you know, I didn't motivate him. I didn't give him a big speech. I didn't go out of my character. I told him what he needed. And as I got prepared for my offseason schedule, I expected to see Drake in the weight room doing what he needs to be doing. Um, And he said stuff like not one day a week. Yeah. Every day, which was like, oh, wow. And 
what does that, that mean? says to me yeah. is that there was a standard not on there's a standard inside of that d-line room that's higher than the standard yeah. for this team yeah. um he has yeah. his own standard for his defensive lineman so yeah. i feel that's that's something that he that he messaged very clearly um i think that he gave him a little bit of praise he gave him a little bit of meat to gnaw on but not enough um mm-hmm. because he's got a long way to go i think that for drake jackson's frame he can put on more weight he can get a lot stronger um mm-hmm. and i feel like he was stern with drake however he didn't hide him he didn't carry his water. He no. he let it be known that he had some things that were undesirable in his track. He mentioned fast food, diet, making he sure did. that yes, he did. Uh, that's something that piqued my interest. One of the big things that I noticed with with O line coaches, whenever they mention food, they're talking about weight issues. All right, mm-hmm. they're talking about strength. They're talking about recovery. They're talking about um, one of the biggest um, indicators of how he likes to scout is GTFO, getting off Mm -hmm. the line. That's something where when you and I talked about is one of the reasons why you train like a Nick Bosa is because you're going to have to play to a level where your body takes over and you're no longer thinking about it anymore. That's how tired these guys get on the field, okay? Where your first rep got to look like your last rep. Okay, and the level of intensity cannot drop off. And what happens is, is that when you get on that level of being of pro athleticism, you're not picking and choosing when to have a good rep. You're always right. And Drake is far from there or what you have a reserve that you're pulling from. Right. Keep you up top. Right. Especially because the games are decided in the fourth quarter. Exactly. If you. If your mind That's why Jerry Rice ran the hill. Exactly. And yeah. simply put, if your mind can tell you you're tired before your body can, you're not in shape. You're yep. not a pro athlete. Okay? Yep. So yep. if you can think about how tired you are before your body actually breaks down, yeah. you're not in shape. Okay? Yep. And right yeah. now, Drake thinks about being tired a lot. And the weakest thing to go, the first thing to go when you get tired is your mind. Um, and it's hard for you to think and it's hard for you to be a pro. So, which means you can't play, which means you can't play. play. Right. So, um, I think Uh, you might be able, but the, but the thing with Drake is that you might be able to play on a, on some third downs. Like there should be a package. If he's a good pass rusher, they should be able to use him strategically, but I don't even know that he's a good pass rusher. I don't know. Right. And, and, And then again, again, just like everything, this is football. He needs reps. So you yeah. can't get all of these curated, pampered-ass reps where it's like, all right, go out there, Drake. Go ahead and do that move that we worked on for a week. No, that's not football. He's got. Also, I got to say, you know, I saw him on the field. He definitely looked bigger, but then saw, I saw him at the uh, podium. He doesn't look super cut up, man. He looks right. like he put on weight, but I don't know, like, how much of it is good weight. And then also, um, like, Chris Kasarik mentioned the numbers. He's... he's, he's uh, Lifting, like, look, I, I'm not a big lifter. I lift a little bit, but he said he's uh, he's benching 315, 315 two to three four, times. Two to three times, yeah. All I mean, right, look, so I'm not a power lifter, but I aren't it seems like there's probably high school kids that could do that at yes, his size, yes. You know what I'm saying? So, no offense. Um, what I, I, I will say this Coach Kasari did give a caveat to that, and yeah. the caveat was is that the the athleticism at his size 
has always kept him on the field. For sure. Um, he's yeah. always been a highly. He can do backflips, right? Yes. He can do backflips. Yeah. He's yeah, always yeah. been a highly sought after athlete. And the thing yep. about it is that let's be honest, the the rules and regs on football has changed. It's just True. different now. It is yeah. very different. We got two hundred and twenty pound kids getting drafted at linebacker. Ten right. years ago, that was not a thing. Never happening. No, that was not yeah. a thing. And your safety. And sometimes we may have to go back and look at when you hear those numbers. You know, I'm 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 in my late thirties, bro. You know what I'm saying? I graduated yeah. in '03. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah. for me, I I remember I can recall very vividly going to college camps, Georgia Tech, Georgia, and it being clear as day on the weight room on on the wall that all linemen must bench 400 pounds. All linemen must wow. be 400 pounds. Just so, to get on the field. Just to get on the field. Like, wow. and that's, you know, we got strength and conditioning tests. And yep. they want you hitting certain numbers, especially if you weigh a certain much. I mean, a certain yeah. amount. Um, yeah. So I will say that what he's shown has gotten him here thus far. Um, I would be interested to know what maybe Aaron Banks had to do in the weight room. It's not yep. uncommon. You know, for for what these guys are asked to do now, they're asked to be a little bit more light in the ass. If you ask, if that's me. So, well, he, he, here's he, here's one thing. Like, remember one player I remember who had no strength that I kind of wrote off for this and ended up being a really good player, Teron Matthew. Do you remember mm -hmm. how many reps he put up at the at the combine of two twenty five? Four. Four. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, how do you get through LSU like that? With, how did you yeah, do, how do, you that? do that? Because you're a baller. Because you're really good. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes, and sometimes you get with guys where, oh, and then another thing, this has to be said, and I'm kind of upset that I didn't mention this first. Drake, Drake changed a lot of positions when he was at USC. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of weight fluctuations. It was actually do a lot of different things. And right. when you are asked to play a lot of different positions, it is hard to set into that. I get to lift and be at a certain body weight and compound right. all those years of training. So if you spend a year mm. losing 30 pounds in the off season, you're not getting, that's strong. not good. Right. You're that's a good point. Strong. So they set him back. Yeah. Their coaching so, instability so, set him back. Right. That and, and with that, I want to draw context. So yes, yeah, he is getting stronger to the level of standard that we have inside of our defensive line room. However, I don't think the Niners, I don't think they're shocked by that. I think they knew coming in that he had to get his man body. And that's what yeah. he's doing. But what they, what Kacerik also said was, he mentioned how uh, players, young players, make their biggest leap between years one and years two. He kind of slyly threw in there, sometimes between years two and years three. Which is, I, I, I get the feeling they're looking at Drake being like, look, we still like you, mm -hmm. but you're still really young and you might be another year away. So. Right. Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryant, Robert Beal Jr. Like those guys are in play. And Drake Jackson, he might be more of a rotational player this year than a three-down starter. I mean, yeah, I, I actually then, don't expect him to be a three-down starter. And I, I'm not mad at that at all. And if you really no. look at it, it's it's so if you look at, I mean, let's just go back to what you said. Go back and look at Bryant versus Bobby. Look at Co Coach Kusarik. It's yeah. it's the same thing. He's yeah. not trying to curse the kid's confidence. He's rolling him right. out the right way. He's right. wrapping his arm around him. He's owning right. how saying he's a starter. You're the starter, man. Starter. Yeah. He's yeah. not sitting here talking about, well, he's competing for his job. 
or nope. I'm happy that he's finally gotten to the point where he can compete. Or he I'm surprised he stopped eating. I'm surprised he stopped eating McDonald's. I mean, I really wrote him yeah. off. He seemed like a, yeah. a knucklehead. Like, oh man, like and then uh, and then another thing, Brian. Oh well, what do you think about Trey Lance's injury? It was gruesome. I mean, it was gruesome. I mean, one of the things that I could really trade, uh, credit Trey for is how he really bounced back and didn't just mope around. He really helped the team. He didn't, you know, he really owned his role and, like, really owned it. So, basically, you're trying to say is I really respect Trey for blowing up his ankle and not being a party pooper. Right. Basically, coming around yeah. and making sure that you didn't make it weird. Right? Yeah. He could have been mad at us for running him up the middle, but he wasn't. But he didn't, so he's cool for yeah. that. Great. That's the nicest yeah. thing you like, can say about him. Go back and look at that interview and look at the real reaction he had about Trey's injury. He didn't. He lost composure. He goes, it was gruesome. No shit. Yeah. No, we know that. Thank you. Niners Daddy says, when do Kylan Lynch be held? When will Kylan Lynch be held accountable for Trey? Well, I, this is something you brought up on a stream uh, a couple of days ago, Mine, You wrote in, who holds Kyle accountable in this organization? Do we have who? oversight? It's not John Lynch. It's not John. It's not Jed York, is it? I mean, is it John? Is it John York? But he, he only comes when the when the team is you know two games under five hundred. Yeah. So I don't even know. That's a good question. I think maybe they might need some oversight for the head coach, Chris Grant. How many air yards was Trey Lance's forty yard pass at OTAs? Forty. <laughs> forty. <laughs> it was a deep pass, and he caught it like right as he was going out of bounds. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Mui says, can you block someone permanently? You should block at Jay Mill for his comment about coach. I wasn't even looking at it. Yeah, I'll block Jay Mill. I'll check it out. I got him. Mo says, Purdy threw to CMC 22% of throws, which tied Ayuk with the most. CMC bails every quarterback he had out. He's not running deep concepts for us. He's a running back. Come on. Yeah, man. CMC makes you look good. He makes those yeah. uh, checkdowns look good. Yeah. All right, last topic, and then I'm going to go ban that Jay Mill dude. Um, okay. So I asked about Javon Kinlaw, and mm -hmm. to me, the, in the answer he gave about Kinlaw was way different than what he said about Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson, he's basically saying like, yeah, he's starting to get it, you know, what it takes to be a pro. With Javon Kinlaw, he didn't say anything like that. He's like, man, the guy is finally having his, his first full off season in the NFL. Yeah. Like, that, that's a big deal for him. I mean, obviously the it knee is. is an issue, but it sounds like he's healthy now. And mm -hmm. he also was a project. He came into the league with high pad level, like D'Amico talked about it. And you'd think like maybe that's something he could fix away from the field, but I don't think so. I think you need to be in practice every day doing it correctly. And he hasn't had the opportunity. There was a pandemic, he got a knee surgery. I mean, like he hasn't been in yeah. practice in these off seasons. So now he is. It's possible if his knee holds up that he could make strides because it's not like you have to, you've seen him with his shirt off. It's not like you have to worry about him eating Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Um, I really like Javon because whenever you hear him talk, you could see how bad he wants it. You can see just how bad he wants to play. Um, and I understand that that doesn't really amount to anything. Everybody wants to play. Um, but he was a first-round pick. And uh, it does feel good. I, I feel like in a way, not only does he want to prove himself, but I feel like in a way he feels like he's indebted to the development that he has gotten from the 49ers. The 49ers took a pick on him. And I do feel like he has been calibrating, trying to figure out the consistency of the knee, right? I feel like there were setbacks with the knee, then it got a little healthy, and then now we're into a point where he's gotten to the point where he's calibrated his weight 
in order to make sure that the need can be, can stay sustained for over right. a longer period of time. Right. I don't think that Javon yeah. on his face. All right. So Javon without the knee. Yeah. Javon is a very good player. Yeah. Without the knee. Okay. Right. When yeah. I do see Javon get in trouble on the field, it's technique issues where he is relying on just how God awful big and strong he is. And he right. needs to keep his pad level low. That's something right. that reps can take care of. But also right. there are things, there are, there are plays and instances that I've seen from Javon where when you get a player that you're expecting to play as much and he, and, and he doesn't, and he's so big, you almost get frustrated when he's not Tarzan on the field, right? right? Yeah. And he's not showing that type of strength that we see all the time. Right. And I feel like a lot of that stuff is because Javon has been playing hurt. He's right. been trying his best to do yeah. the best with a knee that's just yeah. not been cooperating with him. Right. And this is a locker room or a team where sharks are born swimming. We don't just hang on to nobodies. That is not mm -hmm. this team, right? Right. And yep. the fact that one of our colonel coaches, who is probably the most one of the most important coaches that we have, is wrapping his arm around him and sees encouraging signs from Javon. That's 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 promising, right? Because if you think about it, if Javon is what he's supposed to be. We don't have to go get Javon Hargraves. We don't have to go do that. Right. 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 So um, right now, um, I, I feel like they got him. If we're talking from a coaching perspective, they got him right where they want him. They got him yeah. humble, hungry. In, in a contract play. year. Absolutely. Yeah. They got like if we're talking about the coaching side of it, we got right. him. We got him right where we want him. Right. And it's like he's he's got a lot in common with Trey Lance in the sense that maybe he was overdrafted a little bit. You know, the organization put a ton of expectations on him. This guy was supposed was to replace apology. DeForest Buckner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Defo. that's not fair. Yeah. So they were, he was put in a tough situation. Like, did Javon Kinlaw fail or did he just get injured? I mean, it, like, did Trey Lance fail or did he just get injured? Like, and so now you get into this year where you're, you're a first round pick and you're approaching the end of your rookie contract and you haven't done what you wanted to do. And you're, you're like a, a disappointment. But at the same time, you're still here. And you've kind of gotten written off, but you're still here. And all of yeah. a sudden, you're healthy. And you're in camp every day. It's like, your story's not over yet. You, you haven't... So it's, it, I'm, I'm curious to see what Javon does this year. Like, he could randomly be super important and durable for them this year. You never know. know you never know. You fool for in, yeah. in the middle of... You never know. So I'm... Right? And, and no one thought Brock Purdy was going to bail this team out last year. Who's going to bail him out this year? Could be Javon. Yeah. 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 So I'm happy. I'm yeah. happy for Javon because... Um, I feel like the only thing that's been in his way is uh, that knee and, yeah. you know, that basically it. I, I think he's ready. Yeah. Like I, when I saw him in one-on-ones, like going back to his rookie year, I could tell he wasn't winning him. And I felt like I didn't want to write him off. I was like, okay, so this is a guy who doesn't have much pass rushing technique, but he's got Chris Kacerik. So mm -hmm. all he needs is time on task. Just give him a bunch of practices in a row, but he's never had that. And that's mm -hmm. what Chris Kacerik was talking about. He didn't have and a full it, off season his rookie year because of the pandemic. Then he had a knee surgery and missed it his second year. Then he had a, a setback and missed it his third year. Like, you're just not going to improve in those situations. Right. Now he has an a, opportunity to do it. I agree. And there's a player yeah. comparison for Javon Kinlaw, Kentavious Street, um, mm. which was another big, strong guy that we really were depending on to do big things for us. But he can never get, he, he can never get healthy. Right. Right, and um, it's a guy that they, that was injured when they took him. It was like you, yes, you knew what was, you were getting into. 
Same I, yeah, thing. Eyes wide open. Injured yep. when he took him. So we've done. But that's before. where you take an injured player. I'm sorry. Yeah. You 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 put so much pressure on a on a young player when you overdraft him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much. I mean, I, I bet I bet Kinlaw's in therapy. I we know Trey's in therapy. Yeah. You put your player in therapy when you overdraft yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, because he's yeah, I mean, the one that deals with the pressure. And then you're building plausible deniability with the fake quarterback competition with one guy injured, one guy coming off an injury and a retread who's learning the offense. But it's a competition. Yep. Stop. Yep. Stop. Yep. And you have your offensive line coach saying it's really important for us to to tell our young, inexperienced starters on the O-line, no one, no one over your shoulder. Nobody's Rock with you till the wheels fall off. I mean, you have the O-line coach saying it, and Brian Greasy can't figure that out. Clint Kubiak can't figure that out. Kyle Shanahan can't figure that out at the most important position. The logic is the same. Those are the two most important, uh, those are the two most difficult positions to play on offense. All three of them boys is built in excuses for this coaching staff. That's right. That's right. They're in a position this year if they if they show out and win, you know, a lot, they're like, wow, look what we did with a ridiculous quarterback situation. Yeah. Or and, and what we had do, a ridiculous quarterback situation. And what they'll do is they'll trot him out there, they'll struggle, and then they'll throw him to us to kill. They'll throw them yep. to us to rip the shreds. And yeah, and all the content creators. One. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And nobody because, will because there's say, all these camps. There's all these camps. There's the Brock camp, the the Sam camp, yeah. the Trey camp, and every camp's waiting for their guy to to get a chance. They'll defend him. We're all you know, then the other camps will attack him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't and again, it, it, it's it, it's so no one goes after the coach. Yeah. It's a big yeah. switch. And nobody's yeah. ever going to say, wait a minute. Aren't you the genius? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So yeah. when did you when did when did you tell when did you let us know what you did? What why are right. you throwing well, I'm not the expert. I feel like 49ers fans should just let Kyle answer the quarterback question. We should just stop having co- segments on who do you think the starter is. Kyle should know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I'm know. I'm not a pro. You tell me, Kyle. You're you the one at practice every day. Yeah. Yeah. Cause cause what he's telling us is he doesn't know. It's either Brock Purdy or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We we spent three first round picks for a kid. We got a guy in the seventh round and then we just picked up another kid. And Kyle told us that, you know, by week one, the kid that's hurt should be ready. And the other two kids are, I think they're competing for quarterback two. And but we got a window, bro. We're gonna go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like because quarterback doesn't matter. I'm the quarterback. Kyle Shanahan has the starting quarterback of this Just game. think of me as the quarterback. Like, you know. It's 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 this the, like my frustration is coming from the fact that it's just disingenuous. And yeah. it's a low-hanging fruit argument. It's divisive. It has us against people, people arguing with each other about stuff that really shouldn't have anything to do with us. We shouldn't have to bear this burden. We don't get paid millions we of dollars. We have content creators like ending friendships and working relationships over this quarterback thing that Kyle Shanahan started. Like Kyle Shanahan is indirectly ending friendships. It's his fault. <laughs> he's just, I mean, all I'm, all I'm saying is, is it's like, man, he's got to risk his biscuit, man. No yeah. more of this. I'm sitting back to weigh the issues because with more options, Kyle Shanahan is such an operator of his off. No, 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 no. Pick it one. don't work that way. Pick one. You need to, yeah. And again, the the whole thing with the quarterbacks and the offensive linemen, like the reason you need to pick one and say no one's over your shoulder and we're rocking with you till the wheels fall off is because it's such a difficult position to play. Really, young players shouldn't be good at it in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So where you have to have a ton of confidence to even 
have a chance to be good at those positions. So Grant. it doesn't help to have the coach set up a situation that just erodes your confidence before you even start. Hey, we Grant. don't really believe in you, so go see what you got. These these are the coaches, those coaching head co those head coaching and, and quarterback tandems. I mean, is yeah. is is Kyle gonna let's just look at history. Is Kyle better than Bill Walsh? Is Kyle, he ever gonna tie himself to a quarterback for 10 years? Tom no. Landry? No. Don Shula? Tony Dungy? Mike Tomlin, who we see week one? Yeah. So what great quarterback is constantly shuffling through uh what great coach is constantly shuffling through quarterbacks? Who's doing it? Who does Who's it? Who's doing it? Now, Joe Gibbs did it like 40 years ago and won three Super Bowls with three different coaches, but I don't know. Kyle's not Joe Gibbs. And I, Joe Gibbs couldn't do it anymore. No one's done it anymore. That's no one the exception, it. not the rule. Yeah. 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 Josh you know, Wyatt so says, you predicted the pump. This is what it looks like. Are you really going to be surprised by the dump? Plan A and B are obviously Brock. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling me the pump looks like starting Sam Darnold in front of the media and not explaining it? That's terrible, man. That's, that's again, hurting his trade value if he has any. Like, you they know, suck know, at the and, pump and dump. And just to answer this, the pump is giving them way too much credit. The pump would actually constitute that they actually know what they're doing and they know who to pump. They're yeah. just saying that there's a con there's a competition out there and we're just going to let the chips fall where they may because we don't want to leash our, we don't want to hitch our wagon behind a guy that's going to lose. We want right. to stay in the profit. We want to stay in the judgmental seat. We're watching this just like you are. No, we are not. You are right, and it's like line. they don't want to make a decision either. Like, hey, you know, we didn't pick a quarterback. He won. There was a competition. He won. We started him. I didn't. Right. I didn't and make then, a. I didn't make a decision, and I wasn't wrong. He was wrong. And, and then the the chips is the truth is hiding in plain sight. We have we have Trey that's supposed to be his inaugural season last year, and we got a sixteen player council to ask if it's okay to bring Jimmy back. Yeah. So we huh? had to get 16 players together to make that decision. When are yeah. they going to make a decision? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got Dustin Dag saying random off topic. I could see Frank Gore uh, becoming the next Bobby Turner. Nah, like I'm telling you that he would be like more like the next Bo Brian Greasy, like a, or, or a, a former player who just decides he wants to coach one day. Bobby Turner, man, he was coaching at Kokomo, Hayworth in 1972 okay he was immediately assistant coach he was a player he's born in 1949 he was a player at Indiana State he went undrafted in 1972 immediately went into coaching that freaking year been coaching since 1972 yeah okay this is his life it's his life 72 man that's more yeah. than 50 years yeah. coaching yeah that's that's yeah. what's on our coaching staff He's not just a natural man. He is the most experienced coach ever yeah. left in the league. Yeah. What a freaking asset. Class most as Orlovsky. Oh, yeah. Orlovsky week <laughs> predicted Darnold to start. Um, a lot of people predicted Darnold to start. And yeah. when you listen to Brian Greasy, I understand why. Because you might think, if you listen to Brock Purdy talk, you're thinking, I don't, I don't think he's going to start. I don't know anything. Yeah. And you listen to Brian Greasy and everyone talk about Darnold. Man, they can't stop hyping him up. And then you hear him talk about Trey Lance. They don't have anything concrete nice to say other than he's a really nice guy, man. Boy, he could, have been, he could have been pissed at us for how we've totally ruined his career, but he's been pretty cool about it. Yeah. I mean, admit, chill. admit that the kid may have a skill set that you can't coach up. Yeah. And if that's the case, let him go. That's what I don't understand. They keep trying to imply like, look, man, we, I don't want to ruin this kid, but what we're seeing isn't great. Why is he on the team still? 
Why is he on the team still? Because because you Why? can you can have a quarterback competition, but you can't hide letting a letting the third overall pick go within the first three years of him being on the team. Right. But, it, but to me, like if you if you were so certain in your evaluation that he's no good and Sam Darnold's better and Brock Purdy's better, then let him go. Because there's no risk of him going to another team and being good because you're exactly. right about him. I see the point you're well, trying to make. Forget you see what I'm saying? Like, okay. You know and you're right. And so like, who cares? I'll trade him for a yeah. seventh round pick. He sucks. It's it's we tried. We were just wrong. But you but the Niners know because that there's a know. very real possibility that they don't they, know what they're looking at. Yes. And that they don't they don't know how to coach him and that he could go somewhere else and succeed. And that terrifies them. So what they're doing is basically acknowledging they don't know what the hell they're doing at quarterback. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. Because it because if they really this is this is a team where they look at roster spots like first class seats. Like if to be on this team, you gotta have worth. They're not yes. just gonna have you here. And yes. the fact that they won't move him and they want a certain amount for him yeah. is almost emblematic of them knowing, like, look, he ain't nothing. We not yeah. okay. We have we failed this kid. kid. Yeah. yeah, we can't do we this. We just can't get there with him. We're a bad fit for this kid. Thing I'm gonna do is watch this kid do this shit across the sidelines. There's no, we can't live that down. Because Jed will pit, let, uh, allow us to pivot to Brock Purdy if Trey Lance truly isn't any good. Like we won't lose our, we should lose our jobs for mortgaging the future for Trey Lance and not doing anything with him. But we won't because we lucked into Brock Purdy. But if Trey Lance ends up being special somewhere else and Brock Purdy, you know, isn't, yeah. then we're all fired. We're all fired. And we don't work anymore. Like we never get these right. positions anymore because we're all outed as frauds. And if Brock's the guy, so be it, because we all on the same team by week one anyway. But if mm -hmm. Brock's the guy, I'm calling bullshit if they don't say that he's the unheralded guy for week one, because that's what you sold us on. You yeah. sold us on a week one starter. So if Brock starts week one, by hook or crook, he should be the starting quarterback. And if he struggles and we are starting, you start hearing people chirping for Trey Lance or Sam Darnold, then you have to admit that we have no quarterback. We right. didn't want to start in quarterback to begin with. The quarterback competition was just to stave us over over the offseason so nobody's job can be in question. Right. And that we're leaning on our roster and not the lack of development that we have at the quarterback position. Right. So it's not the, the quarter. Yeah. The, the conversation isn't, boy, the Niners have no quarterback. It's, boy, they have three quarterbacks and they're just trying to figure out which one they have right now. Look how much they're huh. winning with all with all of this chaos at quarterback. I mean, Jesus, right. you can't you can't you can't predict anybody getting hurt. Except, that's great. except all the young quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has had have been hurt. And Kyle Shanahan gets credit for making it far with no quarterback and having a, a you know a no a no solution at quarterback in year seven. But all it takes is one down year. If they go seven and ten this year and miss the playoffs and they go through their quarterbacks again, people are going to say, you know what? Do we really need to see year eight of Kyle Shanahan fumbling around for a quarterback unable to find one? Like, at what point does he get the Tony Dungy treatment and say, you know what, dude? You're a good coach, but you're you're gonna miss your Super Bowl window, and we're not gonna let that happen. Like we don't want all these we great need to players voice. To, yeah. to retire. Like we need to happen. This needs to happen now, and we need to change the voice because you know they, they uh, it worked for them. That's essentially what got the Bucks a Super Bowl was changing voices. Yeah, I don't know. So I mean, so. you know, I, I thank Kyle for getting the team together, but you don't own this team, bro. You coach it. No. So yeah. start coaching it. Thank you. Dustin Dagg says, or at least the next Tom Rathman. That's a fair comparison. Rathman went into coaching and was an excellent coach. Coach uh, Frank Gore. Mm -hmm. Mo says Trey needs the ATL playbook, not the Purdy one. Another thing that's unfair for Trey is they're not installing any quarterback runs. It's like, it's like they're in installing the Brock Purdy offense and saying, um, 
okay, let's see who can run it better. Sam or well, Trump. I, oh, like, I, I feel like that's I feel like that's us shitting and stepping back in it. I like that, Grant. Okay. And the reason why okay. I like that is because I don't want Trey. I want Trey to truly be developed. And Trey's problem is is that he has problem with making the easy look easy. He has yeah. problem with layups. And and we can't see not in this camp. And, not in uh, this camp. I, hey, the good I news is so this. far he's hitting him. So him excited. and Darnold are both hitting him. I don't yeah. know. If yeah, it feels like when you have Christian McCaffrey, all of a sudden the layups are a lot easier. Like the the rim gets wider all of a sudden. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I just I, we got to finish our breakfast, man. <laughs> breakfast. I love it, man. All right, that's the show. Thanks for watching. Hell of a coaches meeting. Kyle, I hope you watched. There's a lot at stake for you this year. Uh, I'll be back at three with my pops, Cone Zone, special Friday edition. Good stuff, coach. Thanks. See you guys.